Hey everyone, this is just a quick update to let you know where I've been and what's been going on. As you may have noticed, I took a few weeks off the podcast and the newsletter to finish up a Bible study I've been working on for Lifeway, and I am tickled, yes tickled, to tell you that it is nearly finished and it comes out in June. Oh, I'm over the moon. I'm so excited. The study is called Psalm 40, Crying Out to the God Who Delights to Rescue Us, and I cannot wait for you all to see it. It has been such a labor of love, and the reason that I did the study on Psalm 40 is because that is the psalm that the Lord has used in my life through all of the junk and the stuff with my mom, and it's really just such a gospel Psalm. It really is a psalm that showcases the redemption rhythm of God, and I love it so much, and you will too. At the end of this little update, you can hear me read an excerpt from the study, just so that you can know the heart behind it and my heart for all of you who are listening, who have just had some pain in your life and need to know that God does in fact hear your cries and that He does care and that you can trust Him. Okay, so the other thing that I wanted to tell you is that I discovered yesterday that my book, The Complicated Heart, is up on Amazon and ChristianBook.com and maybe Barnes & Noble. I don't actually know where, where it is, but if you want to see what the cover looks like, although I will say that on Amazon it doesn't look super crisp and beautiful, but it's going to go out in my newsletter, the cover crisp and beautiful. Anyway, it's there. So you can actually go see it. Just search Amazon, The Complicated Heart by Sarah May. And of course, it's in the show notes below. Well, those were two very happy updates. And now let's get to that excerpt. I hope you enjoy it. When God shifts the entire course of your life, all you want to do is tell people about what He did and who He is and how He can shift others' lives in a profoundly life-changing, world-rocking way. God rocked my world through a steady, gentle wooing that all culminated in giving my life to Him somewhere between ages 14 and 19. That's right. I don't have a date, but I have the wooing and the crisp memories of Him intervening in my life as if to say, I'm here, and I love you, and I'm waiting for you. By the time I was in high school and the Bible began coming alive to me, thanks to the leading and influence from Young Life leaders, I became that girl, the one who told everyone about Jesus because I thought no one knew about Him. I thought if they did, they would drop everything and run to Him as fast as they could. I discovered quickly that not everyone who heard about Jesus shared my enthusiasm. Many of my friends and family just weren't interested. I didn't understand why they wouldn't want to know and be loved by God, the one who has the power to change lives and turn mourning into dancing, the one who knows us more intimately than we could even know ourselves, the one who made us and who calls us back to himself, offering a bridge over the expanse of how separated from him we'd become. But now I see. Years later, after experiencing that life still carries pain, even for the saved, and the fact is we still often live with deeply ingrained sin habits, and then of course there's loss and confusion and doubt, often pain steps in the way, hardening us against being tender and vulnerable enough to surrender to the mystery. I mean, if we're honest, to believe is to risk, but to live an honest life is to risk. 
And in that risk is the undulating undercurrent of both pain and praise. As Christians, we choose risk, and yet we still struggle to let God love us and heal us in the places where our secrets and fears and insecurities and anger sit. Sometimes we fear disappointment, that God won't really come through for us or those we love. Sometimes we're angry at life's circumstances and unfair dealings. We're not sure if we can really trust God, at least not up close, not too intimately, because if we do, maybe He'll fail us. It's easier to stay on the surface of things, get by, keep going. Or maybe we think that all our prayers are just blowing breath to the wind, so what's the point? The thing is, many of us have experienced God in a world-rocking way. We've known Him in the darkest nights. We've seen Him work in our lives. We've watched Him answer the cries of those who have desperately cried out for help, some of those cries being our own. We love Him. We know Him. And yet, we still allow locked-up places in our hearts, places we're not sure we can let Him or others into. So we pretend we're fine until our lives become fine and getting by is enough. But we're not fine. We have secrets, things we don't want people to know, the true things that if we said them out loud, we might be judged or rejected. Life is full and surprising and often confusing. It's not just full of joy and beauty and crisp autumn air, baby head smells, stories that invade our hearts, sunshine, ocean waves, mountain splendor, sugary lattes, and those wonderful warm feelings in our tummies that overwhelm in the best of ways. It's full of mundane days, gut-wrenching loss, quiet desperation, unexpected diagnoses, secret pain, and unhealed wounds. And the question arises, where are you in all this, God? More questions follow. Do you hear my cries for help? Do you even care? Can I really trust you? Psalm 40, I believe, is an answer to these questions. The psalmist poet asks the same questions we ask, and they cry out in the same ways we cry out, desperately seeking relief and help. The cries of the psalmist are guttural, honest, and real. Poets use words to drag us into the depth of reality itself, says Eugene Peterson. And aren't we all dying to be a little more real and to be around people who are honest in the depth of reality? Psalm 40 serves us with an example of how to cry out in the midst of our deepest pain and questions. But it's also a call to remember God's faithfulness, to recall the truth in the pain, and to know that God hears our prayers and delights to deliver us. He gives new songs to parched lips. This psalm, Psalm 40, and specifically verses 1 through 3, have been a lifeline to me for over 10 years, and I believe that they will become one for you as well. None of us are exempt from pain and sin. You might know exactly what your cry for help is, or you might not know, but since you're not dead, God is still working in you for your good. That's the end of the excerpt from the study on Psalm 40. Now here's Psalm 40, 1 through 3. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. 
He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Thank you for listening to the Complicated Heart Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Reviews are how people know if they should listen or not. So please, if you like the show, take a minute and give it a review. Thank you so much. If you want to know more, check out sarahmay.com forward slash the complicated heart podcast. See you next time.